Rhonda Feynman, and today on Healthy Options, with our guest, Amy Robbins-Wilson, our focus is on the healing powers of music in an exploration of sound, meditation, and reflection, and for stress relief and to calm our nervous systems. Amy Robbins-Wilson started her journey early, singing her first solo at the age of three, very precocious, and she has been exploring the intersection of healing and music ever since. She holds a BA from Bates College in Empowerment Theater for Women, a master's degree in Expressive Arts Therapy from Lesley University, and a master's degree in Ritual Song and Chant Performance from the World Academy of Music and Dance in Limerick, Ireland. Over the past 25 years as a singer and musician, and also as a Reiki master, Amy Robbins-Williams has developed a unique form of sound healing work, which combines a cappella sound healing performance with energetic healing. Her musical parenting chorus, uh, hmm, called Mommy Jingles, uses music as a means of communicating and bonding with babies and children, and she's the author of the book Transformational Mothering. She has produced several solo albums of music, and I think there are some new ones we get to talk about today, and offers meditative concerts and individual sessions, as she says, for those seeking healing and restored sense of peace in the world. Today on Healthy Options, we hope to engage some of that healing energy and restored sense of peace through healing chants with our guest, Amy Robbins-Wilson. Welcome to Healthy Options, Amy. It's so good to have you here with us today. Oh, it's wonderful to be here, Rhonda. Thanks so much for having me. So this is very exciting. Um, we have been exploring all sorts of senses. Um, if uh, people listened to Main Currents yesterday with Amy Brown, we got to explore a little bit of visual uh, meditation and, and calming. And I'm so excited that we get to add the, uh, the vocal chanting part of it. Now, uh, where to begin? Because you, your uh, talents are, are uh, extraordinary, and I've listened to you in concert before, and now we get to see how chanting and healing work. Obviously, chanting, obviously. For many of us, we know chanting from all different kinds of traditions. I would say every tradition of some sort has this um, in it. So tell us more. Tell us what you know about this or how you incorporate this in your work. Well, I think you're, it's so true that every tradition has a musical tradition, um, whether they call it chant or, or something else. Um, and the magic about music, Rhonda, really is, is that it doesn't engage just one center of the brain. Like language is usually associated with one certain part of the brain, but with music, it's, it really engages everything from the neck up. I mean, music works in networks, and that's why it's so effective and so magical and why it can take us so many different places. It's why it can calm us. It's why it can stimulate us. I mean, we all know, like you've got your, your song track for the gym, right? <laughs> that's going to motivate you and get you going, right? You've got your um, music that's going to calm you down to help you sleep. So we know instinctively that music is calming. And what I love about chant in particular and this can be, you know, prayerful chant or, you know, any kind of repetitive music is that it actually brings you into a deeper place of breathing. And also when you're singing in a choir, it's the same kind of thing, right? You, you all breathe together. You're creating sound together. So whether you're chanting on your own or chanting in a, in a group, 
I think the magic is that breathing together, that being together, that, that sensing energetically who is beside you so that you can stay in sync with them, so that you're, you're syncing up not just your breath and sound, but you're syncing energetically with the people that you're chanting with. So that connection, that, that, doesn't mm. have, that, that just happens is universal. We're bringing in the air that we breathe. We're feeling mm. that come through our body. People notice right now, even as I'm listening to you, that my nervous system is going, oh, yes, yes, sound can do this for us. Mm. Because not only are you engaging what's above here, you're also you're working with your diaphragm, right? You're calming that, that whole, the whole essence of, of who we are. So yeah, you know, really loud rock music will affect you in one way. <laughs> and uh, a Mozart concerto, right. a, a completely different way. So how, how have you incorporated this with Reiki? What, what happens there? Because you- Oh, that's a long discussion. <laughs> I, um, I started doing energetic healing work in my 20s, and I had the vision that my life's mission was to sing to people's chakras. And so I was trying to figure out what that, me what that meant. And, you know, I just turned 50, and I guess I'm still you know, working on it. You know, I'm still figuring it out because it's such a, it's such a wild and wonderful world that's constantly evolving. And with every person that you meet and that you work with, they need something subtly different, right? So it's, it's really tuning your senses that, so that you can sense the energy. And then once you can, the way that I work is I can sort of, I, I get a visual picture or sometimes I'm told what is going on in someone's energetic system. And then I sing to it. And there are lots of different theories of sound healing. Um, some people believe that certain chakras resonate to certain tones, and I find that that's a good place to start, but it's not always consistent. And then I think that there's a lot of intuition that goes into, um, you know, the heart doesn't always resonate to D, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, some people it does, some people it doesn't. So, um, but it's amazing to see the energetic system respond to being sung to. And, you know, for people who aren't quite as woo-woo as I am, you know, you don't have to be woo-woo to understand this, right? If someone sings to you, you feel that in your body and it, and it, it resonates even outside your body, right? It, it, it envelops you in this sound and this love. You know, we're all in our hearts, that tiny baby that's being held by its parent and being sung to. I mean, there's nothing more healing than that when I just, you know, it brings tears to my eyes to remember the singing to my son and then to remember being sung to by my mother. Uh, my mother was just an amazing, well, she still is an amazing mother. Um, and she, she always sung to us. And, and I know that I sing because she sang to me. I feel the same way. Um, my, mm -hmm. I had a mother who sang as well. And many of you can resonate with that. And if you, didn't have that experience. I have a feeling you're going to get sung to right very, very soon. Yeah, yeah I think that we can uh, we can remedy some of that right now, um, even as an adult, right? Absolutely. If you didn't get that kind of nurturing or mothering, we can create that. You can absorb that and and notice 
in your own body, how that's taken in. It, is it possible for us to perhaps have a something that would give someone a, a taste of, of what we're talking about? When Oh, so, absolutely. When, yeah, so um, set something up for us and we'll do a few of them if that's amenable. Sure. Yeah, no, um, my new album that's coming out soon is called All Is Well. And it's made up of songs that I've been developing and singing for the past 10 years. And, and some songs I just recently um, wrote. Um, and my hope with this album is that it's something that you can choose one or two of the songs that you really love and just put them on repeat and use them as meditative tools. Um, I'm working on a series of videos for my website to help people with just some basic meditation techniques and some that have been given to me in meditation with my angels. Um, so what I would invite people to do is to just take a deep breath and let your body be calm. Because just by breathing deeply, we're telling our bodies that all is well. To find a rhythm in your breathing that works for you, maybe close your eyes and, and bring yourself to a place of quiet if you're in a safe place to do that. I'm gonna sing this first mantra just three times. And as, and as I sing it, imagine a light centered in your heart and allow that light to become brighter and to become lighter as we all work together and play together to become enlightened. All is Um, 
all is well and all will be well and all manner of things will be well. Those are the words of Julian of Norwich. <laughs> all is well. So mm. I'd like to invite everyone listening to notice in their own sense of being their own nervous system how they receive that notice if there is relaxation if your belly got softer notice did tears come notice if something else happened just pay attention to that whole nervous system and we explore that a lot on healthy options and and this is just another another path in and that was very beautiful if you've just tuned in, this is the Healthy Options Show on WERU Community Radio. I'm your host, Rhonda Feynman, and our guest today is Amy Robbins-Wilson. She's helping us to work on calming our nervous systems through sound healing and chanting, as shown here. Goodness, can we even speak? <laughs> we should just sing for the rest of the, uh, rest of the next 45 minutes. And, and chant. So that was, that was absolutely beautiful. And in my own experience of noticing my heart be fed, there was somehow, there is food coming in through the sound and through the vibrations. Hmm. Would you say, yeah. and your, your other um, cuts that you do, the other songs that you've written, um, do you do different keys? Do you do different... Um, um, aspects of of the of the the sound spectrum I do you know it's really interesting that you asked that because I've um, some of these songs as I say I've been singing them for 10 years and um, when I sing them live I sort of pitch them to where I feel people need them in the room because you're reading um, because for me the song is really the medium for the sound which is needed by the people in the audience. So really, um, the concerts are very improvisational um, and intuitive. So when I was recording this, um, I found myself recording them all in a, in a pretty close range. Like they, um, they are all sort of centered between like C and E, which is traditionally sort of the heart chakra um, in that area. So I don't question it. I just said, you know, okay, this is the way it's going to be. Um, and But what it does is it really makes it a very soothing album to listen to because there isn't a lot of huge variety um, in the soundscapes, right? So, um, and in that way, they're sort of uh, like lullabies, um, but they're lullabies for the energetic system. <laughs> Well, isn't that what a lullaby is anyway? Yeah. I mean, it we're really bonding with the, with the child or I, I'm, you can sing a lullaby to me. Oh, we'll sing a lullaby. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, by the way, we can do that. Uh, um, but isn't that what we're doing when, when we it sing is. a lullaby? It's, it's that, that connection. That, and, and you do so much with uh, lullabies for children but uh, i i would not be surprised if the parents and the grandparents and 
the aunts and uncles and everybody in the community who happens to be involved with that particular new entity. <laughs> um, right. Not uh, totally enraptured as well. You know, the love story of the lullaby. Well, I think, I just love lullabies. I could talk about them for hours, but I, I you know, lullabies are always as much about the singer as they are about the child. Um, after I had Clayton, um, we had a NICU adventure. So he started out in the That's, NICU. Um, NICU. The neonatal intensive care unit. So there was some, there was a yeah. help. He's, he's perfect and a wonderful 14 year old now, but the first two years were, um, we had some health stuff and we both almost died the day he was born. Oh and um, after the NICU, I found myself going through a lot of postpartum stuff like depression, anxiety. I would have panic attacks that something was going to happen to him. Like the first year I really didn't sleep, um, which doesn't make you a, a good person. Um, and uh, music really got me through um, because when I was singing to him, I had to deepen my breath, right? So I couldn't hyperventilate. I couldn't be anxious when I was singing to him. So making sure that I had those musical rituals um, in our day was as important to me as it was to him. Um, and I developed the Mommy Jingles musical parenting program because I needed it <laughs> as much as anybody else, right? So if you think of your child as this, this new being to the planet, and uh, they don't know what's day, what's night, when it's time to eat, you know, when it's time to sleep, when it's time to do anything. So by giving them musical cues, you get to communicate with them and they make, and it makes the world understandable. And isn't that what we all want, right? We just want some semblance of um, control, I guess, but just a pattern that we can count on. It's like something that we can count on, right? It's like a nursery, um, no, it's, it's sort of being held. Is it? I don't know if we need it. It is. Well, maybe we do, but that being held somehow. I love what the Waldorf tradition talks about, the rhythm of the day, right? That you have this rhythm in the morning and rhythm in the afternoon and rhythm at night and like everything's rhythmic. And I feel like in our modern world that gets disrupted a lot, right? And we have to really seek that that rhythm and, and putting rhythm in our day and, and putting silence in our day and putting quiet time in our day. Um, yeah, we talk about, you know, making sure our kids are stimulated and my goodness, we're all so stimulated right now. I think what we have to really stress in our life, and I know just in my own life is how do I calm myself <laughs> because I am plenty stimulated. Especially now. Just being, well, yeah. I mean, Especially and people now. are learning that uh, and are some not able to live with that silence and they're having a, a, a lot of agitation. So I think some of the things we're offering here possibly could be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I mean, if you're at home and you're, and you're by yourself and you want that kind of comfort, sing to yourself, you know, is there a lullaby that someone sang to you that was important to you? Is there a prayer? I mean, you know, the doxology, I, I grew up in the Methodist church, is one of the things that I come to, you know, it's like I, because it always brings me back to the Searsmont Methodist church, standing between my mom and my dad and singing, you know, praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise him all creatures here below. 
Praise him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In fact, I just sing that two or three times, and I imagine myself back in that loving space, and I can see the light coming in the stained glass windows and the light green walls. And it, mm. you know, bring yourself back to that sonic environment that you had. Whatever tradition that is yours comes from. Absolutely. Because yeah. because it's in every tradition. Perhaps you could share another lullaby yeah. or a lullaby with us, and we can. You can we can learn by example. Yeah, let me see. I haven't sung lullabies for a long time, but my I think I'm now singing my um the sun the one that I wrote for my uh well I wrote several lullabies for my son. Um this is a lullaby that I sang every night to him. It was one of four lullabies. It's called a nighttime blessing. Angels fall off, love and light. Come down around this house tonight. As we live and as we dream, please hold us in your golden gleam. You know, this is a song that I sing often in, in healing sessions also, so I'll, I'll just offer people a way to, to use this lullaby as I'm singing it. So I'll sing it three times, and what I would invite you to do is, is to envision a, a ray of light that comes from the divine, however you see the divine, and just allow that warm, loving light to come in through the top of your head, and then in through your, into your heart, and through your body, and into the ground. And then the next time that I sing it, envision two rays of light just over your shoulders that go straight from the heavens down to the earth. Just envision those lights coming down through your shoulders, through your body, and into the earth. And then the third time, imagine that you are wrapped in a bubble of light and that you are warm and held and protected. Angels fall
Please hold us in your golden gleam. Angels fall Yes, indeed. Wrapped in light. Mm. Mm. can feel that very strongly. How is everyone doing out there? Yes? Yes. <laughs> if you've just tuned in, I'm Rhonda Feynman. You're tuned to WERU Community Radio. And today on Healthy Options, we're exploring chanting for healing with singer, musician, and author Amy Robbins Wilson. And that was a lullaby, which I hope will invoke a very happy childhood, or if not, at least will invoke a happy moment in your life mm. right now. Thank you, Amy. That was so beautiful. Mm. I want to go back. This is, again, getting into all these different aspects of our, of our consciousness here to, after these gorgeous healing moments to actually speak again is a, <laughs> is a wonderful challenge. But you were talking about how you were dealing with health issues with your son and yourself when when he was born and how you sang and i'm so curious about that level because as you were saying a child we know doesn't know anything were you actually seeing uh, when he would hear your voice that things would change in his own heart rate and his own ability to heal even as a newborn what oh absolutely and how that can help all of us. So it was interesting. The, um, so we were living in New Hampshire when he was born, but he was delivered at Waldo County um, through an emergency C-section due to placental abruption. And um, he was intubated and taken to Bangor. So I was in Belfast and he was in Bangor. And I sent my CD with my husband who went to the NICU and was with him that first night. And um, I said, well, you know, make sure you put on my music so that he can hear me. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, 
and that first night he Tim found the CD player and put it on and as soon as Clayton heard my voice his breathing regulated and he was all hooked up to all these machines right so they could watch it so his breathing deepened and his um, heart rate regulated and he fell into this deep healing place and that's the power of music right um, and then as he grew he he started singing back to me so he would start making his own jingles right so he was one of them was like <laughs> so when he was let's see i'm trying to remember when i was a work at home mom i've done it all from like being a stay at home mom to a work from home mom to a work outside the home mom and um one day i was uh trying to get something done on the computer and he came up and he said mommy can you please give me some attention can you please give me some attention <laughs> Because he knew that in our house, if something needed to be done, you sang it. <laughs> Brilliant child. <laughs> Good. So it's great. It's great. You know. That's terrific. Well, children, if you're all listening, and actually you might try this with your spouse or partner or loved one, you know, if you're having a difficult time with any family member, just sing to them. <gasps> hey, oh my god. I remember one of the struggles that we that we used to have was getting everybody to come to the table to eat, right? So That's so would, stressful. You, know, you just end up saying, "Oh, come on. Everybody come to the table. Where is everybody? Like, what's going on?" Everybody, and I was like, "Why am I like why is this like this is like crazy? Like, what can I do?" So one day I just sang, "Come to the table as soon as you are able." And like Clayton just came right to the table. I was like, "Holy cannolis. All right, we're doing that all the time now." <laughs> All the cues. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm going to do that uh, regularly. Regularly. That's fantastic. Uh, this is Healthy Options, by the way. We're listening and, and speaking with Amy Robbins Wilson about chanting and I guess uh, more creative uses of chanting. We can heal and then we can um, heal. I guess yeah. on the big, the big picture of healing and also the very small idea of coming to the table while the food is hot. That's, right. that's, that's absolutely lovely. <laughs> so tell us more about the uh, mommy jingles. I am curious about not only the NICU, but um, how, how are you helping parents and children? Um, so mommy jingles is, yeah, mommy jingles is a, a, a course. It's unteachable. You can go to mommyjingles.com and um, learn all about it. But basically it takes parents, it gives people, uh, parents and grandparents, if, you, if you'd like to do this, I had a grandfather sign up for the class the other day. He was so excited to be able to use this to bond with his grandchild. I was like, yes, that's so and, exciting. And so, um, so it's a, it's a course that's a bunch of videos and um, other information that I give you on the importance of um, building your baby's brain with music, like how you, how it actually works. Um, but then I sing the jingles, I illustrate the jingles. It's everything from baby games to helping with difficult times like toothbrushing, hair washing, um, graces that you can sing, things that you can sing in the car, things you can sing while you're getting dressed. So it's really taking all the things that you're doing all the time anyway with your child and making them more fun with music and more predictable because you're saying, okay, you know, it's time to do this. And when mommy sings this song, well, that means that we do this. And when daddy sings this song, that means that we do this. And there are a couple of the jingles that my husband made up and he's, and you don't have to be a great singer. Like my father, my husband would not consider himself a singer, but he came up with some great jingles. And you know, 
everyone can, and I encourage people to make up their own jingles, right? It's like, it's not like mine are the only ones. Like these are the ones that worked for us and like they serve as a great starting point, but you know, just take the concepts and, and have fun with it. So, so give, give us an example. Okay, so um, the come to the table one was one of them, oh, yeah, right? right? The come to the table as soon as you are able. Um, and then we have, uh, for toothbrushing, um, the monster on your molar. Now, some people get sensitive about monsters, okay? Oh, I don't worry about monsters because I just told Clayton that, you know, there were no monsters in our house because they were all afraid of mommy. <laughs> and like it it wasn't like a big fear thing but I mean so you can take these lyrics and you can change the lyrics into anything that you want but um so what we would do is I would he would open his mouth and you know we because you have to help your child really brush their teeth for the first five years right so you might as well have fun with it so um I would ask him well this is these are the original lyrics I see a monster on your molar I see a tiger on your tongue. There's something that can't be trusted behind your bicuspid. Now there's something hanging from your friend you love. Brush that monster off your molar. Brush that tiger off your tongue. That's something that can't be trusted. Just got busted. Now there's nothing hanging from your friend you love. <laughs> and you know but you can change it's you can change the lyrics right because he he went through a whole car phase right so then we'd find a Bugatti Varen somewhere and a Corvette somewhere and then he went through a dinosaur phase and we'd find a T-Rex and then we'd find something else so you know it's just it's, it's a fun structure for parents to to make toothbrushing fun so all those parents out there who are spending lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of time <laughs> with your children right now, like lots of time. Did I say lots of time? Perhaps this could be a new adventure. A new, uh, an, do you do anything with, um, you know, like the hyperactive child who, you know, the, the calming, the, how do we, you know, meeting the energy where it is? Because everything isn't about calming. Sometimes right. you have the, you know, the kid jumping off the beds, like. Absolutely. All the time, all the time, all the time. Yep. And I think, and you have to make room for that. Yes. I mean, everyone would tell me, oh, you know, you have to take everything really quiet at night and make sure everything's calm. That did not work for Clayton. Like he would just go until he physically hit something. Like he would like fall or he would run into a bookcase and then that would tell his body that he was tired. And then we could do our calming routine, right? So you have to do what's right for your child. Um, and there are all kinds of silly songs that you can do. Um, you know, even if it's just like heads, head, you know, head, shoulders, knees and toes, like all those old songs, head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, um, <laughs> eyes and ears and mouth and nose, um, and, or just put on regular music and dance around for a while to get the willies out, right? Just dance it off, get that energy out. Um, and especially if you're in a place where you aren't able to go outside, I mean, God bless you. Mm. we're lucky in Maine here that we can go out and we can walk and we can take our kids out. But I have friends in, in cities where that isn't possible. Right. So, um, so having a dance party is really important, <laughs> you know, because you can't be calm all the time. 
I mean, we're not meant to be calm all the time. And that's not even a goal, right? You know, just, I think sometimes we confuse being spiritual with being like constantly steady and calm and whatever. And, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't know. That's not me. Um, and I also have found that in my interactions with my guides and my angels, they're really funny. You know, <laughs> Whoever, I, um, if you have any guides, you know, find them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and most of the spiritual people that I really enjoy are just really funny people, right? They, they joke and they make laughs and, you know, and they're very loud or like they, they might be really loud. I mean, they are just who they are. Like, I think what sp truly spiritual people are just authentically who they are, um, whether that's loud or quiet or whatever it is. But, um, I think we have to find a way in these times to be lighthearted as much as we can <laughs> yes. and um and to embrace embrace the laughter embrace the fun embrace the crazy um one of my favorite angels that i work with is uriel and he um when i i have a song where i call down the angels and i was i would forget what what gift he was coming to give me and i said okay uriel i need a i need a sign you know, you got to, you got to give me something. So when I'm singing, I don't forget that you're, you're bringing me vision. Right. And the next time I sang the song, he came with Groucho Marx glasses on. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I've never forgotten it since, you know, very, very contemporary. Just, that's right. <laughs> really? Obviously, if you were doing this in the 18th century, you bring you a different vision there. No uh, exactly. <laughs> So what, what, um, what would you do for, uh, you know, some people are, are feeling that their digestive systems right now mm. are, are quite disrupted, let's say. Yes. Is there something that you would offer for, for that? Is it, does it work that way when you're doing your chanting? Is that possible? Is that the Reiki part of the, uh, of this? Yeah. It's funny because I, 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 that I get a lot of stomach upset when I'm anxious. Um, so I'm very familiar with this. And so it's basically it's your third chakra, right? Your third chakra is your sacral center. And um, it's your, it's associated with sort of your will and your ability to do things. And I think right now we're all feeling um, a little bit off like what are we able to do what are we not able to do uh, what will we be able to do in the future you know how like what's our direction um i have a, a free meditation on my website it's called the earth to stars alignment it's a guided meditation and if you sign up for my email list at amyrobinswilson.com you'll get it in the in email and it's, I created it, I just put it up recently, just because it's so important, I think, right now to realize that um, we are both spiritual beings having an earthly experience and earthly beings having a spiritual experience. Um, and, and I think meditating on those two things can be very powerful because we have to be able to take care of our bodies as well as our spirit. Um, so what, um, what happens with this meditation is that um, you breathe in through your feet and out through the top of your head and then in through your head and down through your feet and then in through each chakra and into the earth. So it grounds each chakra. 
because I feel when you start to to worry, you can almost feel it in the upper part of your body, right? You start to like breathe a little more shallowly and like everything feels a little more stressful. So to be able to ground yourself and to, and to bring these chakras into alignment and to bring them into, um, into a grounded place, I think is really important for us right now. So it has me singing my earth to stars that shine, stars to earth align. There's a whole song that I sing in the background as we do this guided meditation, and I would invite people to do that. But really, when you're feeling that kind of stomach upset, to sit with yourself just for a minute and to reassure yourself that all is well and all will be well and all manner of thing will be well, I think is a, a powerful moment. Is, is there something else that maybe perhaps you could sing uh, another another one to remind us we did i mean we can still do all will be well because we can never get enough of that i don't think <laughs> but is there something perhaps what you were singing give just a, a couple of minutes of of, of that for uh, those we just yeah. for me we have i have another mantra called for this too and um the words are be grateful for this too for this too shall pass away. And I think it's a very powerful thought that whether it's good times or bad times, be grateful because the times they are are changing, right? <laughs> if you're in a really low place, it's going to get better. If you're in a really great place, be grateful because there will be dips ahead. And it's just, this is the wave of the world. This is the, this is the wave that we are riding on our, in our whole life. So I'll sing this three times. It goes like this. Be grateful for this too. Be grateful for this too shall pass away. Be grateful for this too. For this too shall pass away. Be grateful for this too. Be grateful for this too shall pass away. Be grateful for this too, for all that you go through. Be grateful for this too shall pass away. Be grateful for this too. Be grateful for this too shall pass away. Be grateful for this too. 
this too shall pass away. Be grateful for this too. Be grateful for this too shall pass away. Be grateful for this too. For all that you go through. Be grateful for this too shall pass away. Thank you, Amy. Amy Robbins Wilson, if you just tuned in, a beautiful chant from Amy Robbins Wilson, our guest today on Healthy Options. Explore, we're exploring chanting for healing. And that was a beautiful example. I hope all of you are able to take this in. Mm, this will pass away. I think all traditions are talking about that right now. Yes. Yes. Being flexible, being able to be grateful mm -hmm. if you are in that position. Mm. Mm. Ooh. So you, Amy, have you studied this in Ireland? Did, did, is there, and it's a world, it was a world healing, uh, world uh, academy of music and dance. How did that work? And did you go to Ireland? Was that part of your training to learn all of this? Was that? I did. I moved to Ireland. I lived in Limerick for a little over a year. And uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, it was mostly um, Gregorian chant that we studied. And we um, would go back to the pre-musical notation. So we'd go to the numation. And um, there, you learn all the theories about how people thought uh, things were sung. And I think the thing that I took most out of the whole program for me was that, you know, nobody really knows how these things were sung in the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 12th, 13th century. Um, so, you know, you had a punctum, which was like, a, it looks like a period, and that was supposed to be, Ah, uh, and then you had a torculus would be ah, uh, and we think, right? And then there's like these little squiggly things and we think that that's a quilisma and that's called a ah, uh, like you, you shake the note, right? So it was so fun to like go back to these old manuscripts and, and try and puzzle out what the notes were and what these chants sounded like. And to think about the different role of music in those times, right? So if you, if you don't have a recording to go to, and if you can't have music just any time, music really holds a sacred space because it's something that you may never hear again, that you have to take into your bones, right? This is something that you are carrying with you. And the singers become these sacred vessels. So I think that that's what I try to get back to in my music and especially in the concerts is how can you be the sacred vessel that brings this sound into the world? Um, to bless people and give them something that they can feel 
and embody and bring with them as they move through their day, even if it's just as a, a memory, you know? And in our culture now of capturing everything, every moment has to be right. captured. The idea of experiencing, of actually allowing the experience, is something we have to remember. We have to practice again. This idea that we capture in every moment is, is grasped is, um, well, we could have a whole conversation about how that's life out of balance um, in, in a way. So that's why I, I asked this, this, this ancient idea of the minstrel, of somebody coming mm. in and, and, and presenting that ethereal or what? What else? What else did you learn? <laughs> oh, you know, there's so much. There's, there's what you learn in the program and there's, there's what you learn experientially, right? So um, when I got to the program, actually, I lost my voice um, for, for like three months. Yeah, they weren't thrilled because, you know, this is a program that I'd auditioned to get into and all of a sudden I wasn't <laughs> singing very well. And um, so, it, but I was having these visions of like Mary and Jesus and angels and ghosts and like all this stuff that had never happened to me, right? Because the veil is very thin in Ireland, it's true. And so I, my whole year there for me was really about finding out how I could travel and um, bring this music through me and stay grounded at the same time. So once I figured that out, it really became the base for what I do now when I perform and when I, um, when I do sessions for people is, is how do you, you bring this wonderful, amazing, loving light of the universe and channel that through sound into the world. So that's, that's what so, I really learned. That is so interesting. Um, so in your cult, in your world, world, it was Jesus and Mother Mary. And I want to invite everyone to take in what their vision is. And the idea that you lost this at such a crucial moment of, mm. of actually learning, it, it, it's almost, it, it's absolutely perfect. Because in, mm. in a way, although on the big mind, you know, small mind level, oh my gosh, I have to do this, this, and this. But really on the larger level, that was the truly authentic creative muse of really finding what we think is our voice or what we think we're supposed to say or what we need to say. And, and then finding what the true authenticness is and whatever image it is, it's in Yudhe Vovhe, whatever, uh, Mary right. Jesus, or uh, you know, whatever spiritual gods and goddesses, whatever, or even exactly. none of that, or whatever it is that comes through your, culture through your whatever uh, whatever the genre is or whatever i mean it could be rock and roll you know right the uh the uh, eric clapton guitar solo is exactly how i have to express my, myself whatever what i'm trying to say is but i'm getting this idea of what it is to be creative what it is to hear our authentic voices now i remember mm -hmm. as a little kid and i'm a singer as well and i was little and I would listen to AM radio. We all did in the early, in the sixties. And it would be, oh, song singing is about love songs. That's what song. Mm -hmm. That's what songs are. They're love songs. And whether they're good love songs or not, that's what it is. And then gradually, it's oh well, maybe you could sing about something else. Maybe you could sing about this and that. But 
the idea of, and that as a singer, it's like, well, do I only sing love songs? But if you think about that, it's only pop music. That's all we, that's what you sing when you're supposed to sing. But if we open up and find our authentic voices, if you want to sing, the sounds may be completely different. Absolutely. And I would not say that I am a, a um, I, I have trained as a singer, but I don't accept all of the things that are traditionally taught. And I'm okay with that. Like I, um, I don't breathe the way probably that a lot of people think that I should breathe. Like I'm not, a, I don't go for the power in my voice. What I'm trying to do is channel the energy through my voice. So um, I had to let go of a lot of the technique that people thought that I should have or that I should be singing this way. I'm like, well, but if I do it that way, it does not channel the energy. It does not look the same. It does not feel the same as when I do it this way. And I just had to trust that um, that, that was going to come through. And it's, it's, a, it's a path, right, when you're doing something different, especially when you're in sort of a traditional program. Um, but it was a, it was a wonderful experience and, um, one that I am so grateful that I was able to, to have, um, yeah. And in, now I sing in yoga studios, right? And I, um, and they're one of my favorite chants is to Durga. And I love the story of Durga, just, you know, this goddess coming through and bringing life to the world again and like re-enlivening everything with her presence and her grace and her power so there's you know I'm I just love whatever story resonates with you find your story and find your music and 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 incorporate that into your day because it it makes a huge difference the stories that we that we hang on to and that we bring into the world mm, we only have a few minutes left but Amy perhaps can we can we get an example of that Durga chant is that a possible is that possible is that, you yeah. Know, why not? Um, so uh, it's Om Dum Durgaye Namaha. And what I love about the Om Dum is that you can really feel it in the center of your head when you do it. It's like Om Dum Durgaye Namaha. and the power, power and, and the and love, love of the story, story to enliven our, our lives, lives to the world. world. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. You know, I do think we have time for one more, one more, maybe a, I don't know, a little something, a little something. Take it from the top, Amy. All right. <laughs> one more. That was so good. Let's do one more. 
because you know um, so this song is called vessel because i believe that you know this is true we are the vessel we are the prayer we are the hymn we are the blessing so i will leave you with this we are the vessel we are the blessing we are the prayer we are the hymn Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Amy Robbins Wilson, thank you so much for sharing your insights and experience and of course your talents with us here today on the Healthy Options Program. I know you have many websites for us to explore, starting with amyrobbinswilson.com and lullaby-link.com. We'll have a link to this program and to other information and websites that were mentioned when we post the show in the Public Affairs Archives at weru.org. In the meantime, if you've missed any part of this program or would like to share it, please go to weru.org to find our recent programs on demand. And thank you to Joel Mann and Amy Brown for technical assistance and Petra Hall for production assistance. And of course, thank all of our WERU listeners and supporters. Please do support community radio and all the public affairs programming here on WERU. This is Rhonda Feynman. I'm wishing you the best in health. And remember, stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you.